0: Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. The best part about a small town is that everybody knows everybody. The worst part about a small town is that everybody knows everybody. So I'm glad y'all know everybody. I was, I was really praying, really trying to figure out where I wanted to go with tonight's sermon. And some of you might have heard part of it, but I know you're not, you haven't heard this first part. And I don't know... You know, you might be sitting here and, you know, you've been going to church all of your life and, you know, you've heard, you've got all the information about who Jesus is, but you're missing the point, which is to shine the light of the gospel. This thing is active. It's not something that's passive. And tonight I want to just look at this, this, uh, this, 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 story, kind of look at this uh, person in the Bible. Before I get started, I want to tell you all a story what happened to me and my friend like, last night. And you know, you know that I'm, get, I'm getting a little bit better at speaking because I can take something that's very ordinary and then all of a sudden turn it into a summer point. So what happened last night is that I somebody called my friend and was like, "Hey, Hampton, look, my car is not starting." And I, you know, everybody knows it's it snowed in Detroit, snowing you fall, probably where you it, it snowed. It got really, really cold. So they called uh, they called my friend Hampton. They were like, Hampton come help me. My car's broken. And so I'm like, all right, maybe we're over exaggerating just a little bit, but we'll go see if it like, like I was kind of like, we're going to make sure we're going to try to crank it up before we do anything. Maybe, maybe just, you know, maybe. So we, we get, over to this person's, uh, get over to this person's apartment and uh, they come outside and they're like, yeah, like, it doesn't work. So we, we tried to crank it up and of course it didn't work. And so throughout, uh, throughout the process of trying to figure out what was going on with this car, and I'm no technician, I'm no mechanic, nothing like that. But I did drive a 99 Tahoe to high school every single day, so I kind of know what it feels like to break down every once in a while. So I'd walk out to my car in high school, and I think I was about to go home when it's super hot outside, and I just got out of football practice or soccer practice. So I'd go to get in my car, and I'd turn, I'd turn the key, and all of a sudden it's just click, 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 click. And I don't know if you know that feeling, but you're just like, dang, I was about to go somewhere, and now my plans have completely changed. So you go click, 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 and you're just like, all right, well, let me think of what it could be. So what happened to this girl's car that also happened to my car back in the day is that if you know anything about cars, you got a battery. And what you have on the batteries, you've got these connectors that connect the battery to the car. All right, so what had happened to this girl's car is that there was, there, was these, there was this acid buildup on the connectors so that the battery couldn't connect to the, the, the cords. Everybody get where I'm coming from? You you got cords, battery, connectors. All right, so we're going to make a song out of that before the night's over. All right, to the leg bone, that's what we're going to do. So what happened is, is whenever we're, we were trying to get this going. I fit, you know, I knew one thing to do. And so we ended up getting our car working. But the thing was, the thing that, I, that I'm going to try to bring home is maybe you've gone to church all of your life. You've heard all this stuff. But all of a sudden, slowly but surely, all of a sudden, this buildup becomes where you don't see God as clearly. You stop praying. You stop reading your Bible. All of a sudden, this buildup starts very, very slowly, very slowly. And all of a sudden, man, you can't remember the last time you read your Bible. You can't remember the last time you prayed. You can't remember the last time you had a Jesus conversation. You can't remember the last time that whenever God put that on your heart to talk to that person, you can't remember the last time you actually took up that opportunity. Maybe there's some buildup in your life. Maybe there's some some separation between what Jesus is saying. Look, this is passive. Jesus is saying, look, I love you so much, and I love you so much that this is something that you should go out, you should tell your friends about. But tonight I want to worry about us. How are our connectors? Are they blocked with something? I'm not sure. But what, what I want to look at is this guy named Paul. If you know anything about the Bible, Paul is, man, when I think about, you know, who deserves to be a Christian? None of us. But when I think about, you know, the people who kind of almost didn't make it, man, I think about Paul's resume up to that point. Dude, this guy killed Christians. This guy killed Christians before he became a Christian. And so what happens is, is that Paul's occupation is that he's working for the government and, and he's riding on this horse and i got to figure he's making a good bit of money because you don't just go around killing people because you like it. Maybe you do and that might have made him just a little bit more weird. But he's riding on this horse and he's, he's going from one place to another and he's going to kill more Christians. And all of a sudden, Paul has this encounter with God in, in the form of a light The man, it wrecks his life. All of a sudden, what Paul used to do, he says, I don't want any of it, nothing anymore. I don't want any more of what the world has to offer Jesus. I only want what you have to offer me. And the the cool thing about that is that he goes from someone who used to kill Christians to now all of a sudden he writes most of the New Testament. Man, you're talking about that like 0 to 100 real quick. This is Paul. Paul was that guy, 0 to 100 real quick. This guy went from being killing Christians to all of a sudden, man, this dude's going down the Hall of Fame. Man, he is is going out there. He's actually like he's writing. And one of the the cool things, just a little side note about, you know, you might feel like you're going through some things and you've really prayed like, God, please take this away. Please take this away. But God can use what you wouldn't choose. So Paul goes through his life. And whenever he has this encounter with God, it actually blinds his eyes where he cannot see temporarily. So what happens is, is that he... He keeps. He mentions stuff as he writes He'll say like God. I just like I pray that you'll take this away from me. I pray. And sometimes you know when I first read it, he, you know he writes, please take this away. Please take this away, God. If you really love me, please take this away. And so he keeps writing this. and He keeps writing this. And the thing is, whenever I read it, I read it. I think that he's talking about his past. He's. Think, I think he's talking about man. He's talking about all the Christians he used to kill. But there's some scholars out there, and, and whenever I read what they had to say about this, it made total sense. Paul, all of a sudden, whatever. Whenever he got blinded. There was still some, like, you don't just go from being blind to all of a sudden you're good. Like, he still had, like, these weird things on his eyes that whenever he would walk around, people would see him and it'd be like, ugh, ugh. Like, he was not a very good looking character. But the thing is, is that, like I said, God would use the very things that we wouldn't choose. So, Paul wasn't maybe the most public person, the most public speaker, but what Paul did is he could write. See, sometimes we, we want to get into the all, the, what, what, how much can I get out of, how much can I get out of Jesus? When really he's just calling us, look, you've got one gift and I want you to give it to Jesus. So we're going to read, if you've got a Bible, I'd like for you to turn to 1 Galatians chapter one and we're going to read one verse there and then we're going to flip over to my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 1st Galatians, I mean, uh, Galatians chapter one, verses 10. And mm, that's some of that good you follow water right there. Mm. All right, so Paul, Paul's talking about you know, he, he's writing this letter to the church. And, man, I love Paul because I feel like me and him kind of have the same personality. Like, don't beat around the bush. Just tell me what you need to tell me. And when it, in, in the 10th in the verse of Galatians, man, he hits them with a bomb. He drops a bomb on them. All of a sudden, they, like, he's writing this letter. And, I, like, it's so cool because the church in Galatia or wherever, this, the Galatians, he's writing it to them. And whenever they get this letter, they're reading it. And the thing is, is that they're struggling with maybe some false teachings, some things that weren't true. They were focused on all these things that weren't Jesus. Like they liked church, but they didn't really, the Jesus part was like, eh, like, like, like I'm going to pick and like, they're just kind of like confused on what they need to do. And I love how Paul, he comes out and he says this, he drops it, he drops a bold statement and he says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? He says, or am I trying to please people? If I am still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Some of y'all, that, will pre- that, 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 that uh, verse right there will preach itself. Who are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to, um, I'm sorry, who are you actually trying to win the approval of? Are you, winning, are you trying to win the approval of people? Are you trying to win the approval of the people around you? By posting that picture, you're like, oh, I know that's kind of edgy, but I, I need that approval from the people around me. So then I'll find myself worse than that. Or maybe it's, man, I I need to make so many friends and I need to make sure that I have as many friends as I can because, man, I don't like to be lonely. And I I need to find my approval from people. And he's saying, look, no, I don't care what you think about me. I have a Jesus that is so good and that you really need to hear what I'm about to say that I don't care what you think about me because I'm not trying to win the approval of you. I'm trying to I'm trying to please God. And that's where, that's where I find, that's where I found myself was going through life trying to make sure that everybody around me was happy and I wasn't saying anything edgy. I wasn't saying anything that was going to change anybody's life. I wasn't going to talk about Jesus because it might be a little weird. I might lose a little bit of friends of it. No, no, no. He's saying, look, I'm not even trying to win the approval of people. I'm trying to win the approval of God. He completely turns his life around. And I hope that tonight, maybe you'll have that encounter with God that you know, you'll say, you know what? I'm ready to turn around. I'm tired of living this life that I have lived because it's not worth it. That's the cool thing about when Paul writes this. He's been there and he's done that. He's had the world. He's had all the things that the world has to offer. He's had the paycheck. He's got the nice pony that he's riding on. He's had all these things and he turns around and he says, look, I don't want any of it. All I want is Jesus. I don't even want the approval of you. I want the approval of God. And man, he turns his life around. Some of you might be thinking, man, there's no way. There's no way Jesus could love someone like me. Man, I got some things in my past that, man, if Jesus could actually see them, then, man, it'd be rough. The thing is, is he knows. He sees them. You're not getting away with anything. You might think that, you know, that little deep sin, you know, I'm just going to kind of tuck it back. I'll give Jesus a little bit of me, but not the full thing. But he, I love how whenever Paul, when he makes this commitment to Jesus, his whole life changes. It all turns around. He All of a sudden, again, he goes from trying to win the approval of people to trying to win the approval of God. He turns it all around, all around. Some of us tonight, we need to think about where we're getting our approval from. So many times I'll be talking to a friend and, you know, they're kind of like, man, I'm kind of going through this like this kind of this rough patch. And one thing that I always share with them, I'm like, hey, it's this simple. Where are you getting your approval from? Where are you getting your satisfaction from? That's the spirit check for some of us in here. Man, are we trying to win the approval of people? Where are we getting our satisfaction from? Is it it being with friends all the stinking time? Is it playing those video games all the time? Is it being on Instagram, Snapchat? Man, some of y'all, man, if we chased after God, like we chafed after a Snapchat streak, man, think about how good Christians we would be. Man, this world would be completely changed if we got in the Bible as many times as we had a Snapchat streak with somebody. Man, like we got people that are hitting like 500. I'm like, dude, I don't even know where my phone is 500 days out of the week. Like I, I, like, I can't, if I, if I knew where my phone was 500 days, like if I could count that off, dude, I would be solid. I don't even know where it is. I'll lose it for like three days and all of a sudden find it again. Like there's some of y'all, man, if we would really put our passion, we would really say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to give you everything. When I say everything, like, hey, look, look, I, I am good. I am a good communicator. I like to keep up with people, Man. Think about if we were to say, you know what, the people around me that I'm, uh, that I'm already Snapchatting, the people that I'm already talking to, if I were to say, you know what, I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to take a leap and I'm just going to invite them to church. I'm just going to say, you know what, I don't, I, maybe I'm just going to start a small group. I really don't know what to do, but man, we're just going to open up this Bible and just see where it goes. Man, if we would just take that step, don't wait for all your ducks to be in a row. Because look, Jesus has already died on that cross and rose again for all the sins that we're all that you might still be struggling with. He's already died for that. We can get over that past. We can turn the page of our lives instead of just sitting and sulking in our sadness. Some of us like for people just to feel bad for us. Like, man, how's today? Oh, man, it's just another day. Just another day, just another struggle. Dan, you know, went to school. It was, no, it was just the same old, same old. You know that teacher, man, she's always mean. She always signs a lot homework, man, just sitting there and gripe, 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 gripe. And man, I feel like when we truly believe what this Bible says, man, our world gets completely changed. And all of a sudden, this Jesus that we talk about so much that all of a sudden it becomes something that we're excited about. It's something that these things, this pursuit revival, this is something we don't just do once a month. This isn't just something we do once a year, man. This is something where, man, I love Jesus so much that I don't want to wait for my one day. I don't want to wait for everything to be in the line before I open up my Bible. Because the truth of the matter is, is when we're really going through some stuff, you don't need to figure out what's going on in your life and then come to church. Church should be the place where you go to, and that's where people come around you, and they swim around you, have your good friends come around and say, you know what, you're going through some stuff, but I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. And some of y'all need to hear that tonight. That, look, you're not walking by yourself. You're not, you're not, this, everyone in this room, we're behind you. We love you. We're glad that you're here. And, man, we don't have to wait because Jesus has already paid the price. In that good news? Is that we don't have to worry about the weight being on our shoulders of trying to go out, man, like, maybe if I do enough work, then maybe they'll finally eventually come. No, that's not how it works. Jesus has already paid the price; he's already done all the work. All we have to do is just be messengers. That's all we have to do. So, uh, just a quick story. Whenever, uh, you know, whenever I was kind of thinking about, you know, man, I really have a heart for th- this hometown that I'm from. I really have this heart that, man, like these kids, I just want to love on. I want to really show them that, man, this gospel that I that I believe in, that all these pursuit members believe in, it's not something we just want to keep to ourselves. It's something that, you no, know, I'm thinking, and I'm like, man, how is this thing even going to look like? I'll tell y'all what, we are sitting in a miracle. Because college students and high school students and middle school students shouldn't come and worship Jesus on a Friday night. They should be on that Fox Ridge Road down there doing things that we know that aren't Jesus. That's what should happen. That's what does happen. But man, what if tonight we made a change? What if all of a sudden we've turned our life around and say, you know what, Jesus, I've been on the wrong path, but you know what? I want to encounter you and you change my life completely. And man, I'll tell you what, the thing is, is that your life might get harder. I'm not going to sit here and just feed, feed you fluff. Man, your, my, your life might get a little bit harder because God's opening up so many doors in your, in your way. It might get harder, but it's so much better. It's so much better once you start to follow Jesus with everything that you have. Because so, the truth of it is that some of us are holding some things back. Thinking, man, Jesus, I don't know if, you'll, I don't, I don't know if you want all this. Man, I, I got to pass it, man. If you were to really see what was going on, he knows. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. He knows. So when I think of, I get, get back to the stories that, you know, I, I think about, you know, this, this is something that probably shouldn't happen. Shouldn't be a whole bunch of kids getting in here worshiping Jesus. It probably shouldn't happen. But whenever I think about it, you know, the thing is, is that when we have Jesus, anything can happen. If you can do something without Jesus, it's just a good idea. But man, when Jesus has his input and in, when Jesus is involved with it, you can do anything. Y'all know that verse, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, it's just, it's just a good idea without Jesus. This is something that we prayed last night. A bunch of college students gave up their Thursday night to say, you know what? We want to pray for the souls that are going to be here tonight. We're not praying for numbers. We're not praying for all. We're praying for the souls that are going to show up. And y'all see, we got standing room only. How cool is that? That man, there are people that so love Jesus. They want to see what's going on in this room. What if we were to actually not just get in this huddle and talk about Jesus. And then once we leave this building, nothing happens. That's not what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to get in this huddle and say, you know what? i have gone through some stuff, but Jesus, I need you now. I need you now to turn my life around so I can get outside and I can actually shine the light of the gospel. So when I think about this, I think about whenever Paul's writing this and he's saying, I'm not even trying to win the approval of people. I'm trying to win the approval of God. So if y'all want to flip over to me, and I'm almost done. Shelby, if you want to come on back up, you can. Where are you at? Oh, there you are. <laughs> if you want to come on back up. I love this story. Some of y'all heard me tell it multiple times and man, like I feel like every time that I read it, it changes my life. Every time that I read it, man, I just think like, man, we've got a good, Jesus is so good. Man, he is so good. And the verses, this is going to be in uh, Luke chapter 19, verses one through 10. This is the story of Zacchaeus. And last Thursday I sung the song. So if you want to sing the song, we can sing that song. You're going to help me out with it, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. (laughs) I don't know the rest of it, but we sang last time. (laughs) I love this story because it's so cool. Zacchaeus is this guy that we can actually relate to. So many times I read the Bible and I feel like I have no idea what's going on. But when I read this story, I say, you know what? I am Zacchaeus. I am that person that, man, if I could just see Jesus tonight... Man, I might make a decision to follow him, and it would change the rest of my life. It would change my eternity if I I were just to get to see Jesus. The cool part about one of the songs that we sang is that, you know, if we take one step towards God, he's going to take 99 steps towards us. He's going to do the work. All we have to say is, Jesus, tonight, yes, me. I need you, Jesus. And in this story is Zacchaeus, and this guy's a tax collector. Back in the day, a tax collector, this dude right here was not liked. He was that mean dude that no one wanted to be around because all he did was steal from people. Man, he was full of sin because all he would do is just walk up to people and just say, you know what, you owe me $12. And the matter of the fact is he only, they only really owed him 10 and he would just pocket the other two. He was just stealing from people left and right. And what I love about the Bible is they don't talk about perfect people. Every person that Jesus walked up to, man, they, were, they had a story. They had a past, but you know what? They got over their past when they met Jesus and their life was completely changed, just like Paul. So the story of Zacchaeus, it goes something like this. It says Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. I love to stop right there and say, you know what? You might think that you came to Pursuit Revival tonight and you're just passing through. Like, man, I just came with some friends and we'll see what God is going to do. Man, I don't really even know if I believe, but I'll tell you what, to be here in this place tonight, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong. Just keep coming, keep coming. You're going to hear something that, man, Jesus is going to change your life. There's not a thing that I can say that's not through the Holy Spirit that's going to change anything in your life. But, man, when the Holy Spirit really gets into your life and really gets into your soul, your life completely changes. So some of you think that that you're just passing through here like, you know, I, I support what they're doing. I'm just going to kind of pass through. I'm just going to pass through and, you know, like I'll kind of, once I leave, everything's going to be just the way it is. I'm not going to open up anything. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to pass through. That's where this guy Zacchaeus Zacchaeus is planted somewhere. And Jesus, it says in the Bible, he's just passing through. But everybody knows God's got a bigger plan than that. God doesn't just put us to pass through places. Man, if we truly believe what this story is about to say, man, we'll be looking for opportunities all around us. The man, any opportunity can turn into a revival moment. So there's this guy, Zacchaeus, that no one really likes. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So what we got going on here is that Zacchaeus is literally so short, he cannot see over the crowd. He is so short, he cannot see. So what he does is he gets up in this tree where he can actually just, if he can just catch a glimpse of Jesus, maybe he'll change my life. Maybe. I'm just, I'm just going to, maybe I can just see him. Maybe I can just see him tonight. Maybe he'll change my life. And if you'll just get to that point you say, God, do what you're going to do in my life. You'll see what happens in this story because he does it every single time. If we'll just open up our hearts to what God has, called, God has for us tonight, he's going to change our life. So he, opens, he climbs up this tree. says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So when I was talking about, you know, you might feel like you're getting away with some things. You're not getting away with anything. He knew this guy's name. He just walked up and said, hey, Zacchaeus. He never met Zacchaeus before in his life. But you know what? The God is the God of the universe. He made every single one of us. He knows us by name. He knows how many hairs are on our head. Man, we serve an awesome God that he's walking through this place. And he finds this sinner up in this tree. And he's walking by and he says, Zacchaeus, I pick you. The person who no one else would pick to receive salvation. Jesus, that's who he walked up to. So he's standing up in this, this guy's sitting up in the tree. He says, come down. And then he keeps, he says, I must go to your house today. And it says that he came down and he welcomed him gladly into his house. It says, all the people saw this and then began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. And I want to stop right there because what's going on here tonight, people are going to talk about, man, there's some hypocrites that came here tonight. There's some people that, man, their life is rough. But, man, when I hear that, when I hear that there's hypocrites sitting in a crowd that, man, they're just walking in here seeing what Jesus has in store for them. They're just walking in here. And, man, the thing is, is that that's why Jesus died. Every single one of us, man, we all fall short of the glory of God. And these people are back here, they're muttering, saying, man, Jesus, I would never pick him to be with that person because he's a sinner. And the way that Jesus ends this is so cool because the person that no one else thought Jesus was going to walk up to, that's who Jesus walked up to. Tonight, you might feel like, man, there's, if there is a God, man, just, just walk up to me. Just walk up to me. So what happens is, is he goes and he these uh, people are standing back They're like, man, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. It says, but Zacchaeus stood up. And said to the Lord, 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 here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What happens is, is that he casts this encounter with Jesus and it changes his life. All the things that he accumulated from his life of the world, all the we can go through life trying to get all this stuff that we miss Jesus. This guy's accumulating everything that he can that's not Jesus. And at this very moment, he meets Jesus and he says, you know what? I'm gonna give it all back. I don't even want it anymore. He gives it all back. So he gives, it, he gives it away to the poor and he gives it back to the people he's cheated. And man, this is where I think it's so cool because, I mean, let me get back to my notes real quick because I had something I was gonna tell y'all. <laughs> maybe so, I don't know, maybe I didn't write down. That was weird, all right. <laughs> But I love this story, man. Like I said, it's almost, it's almost hard to preach this story because there's so many different... Man, Jesus is doing so many things here. He's breaking every social norm that's ever been established. He's just breaking them. I mean, man, he's over there doing crazy stuff. Kind of like what's happening here now is, man, we're doing crazy stuff for, for Jesus. We're showing up on a, on a Friday night saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to give you tonight. I'm going to give you that time when I could be hanging out with friends. That's, I think it's so cool, man. Jesus is doing crazy stuff. He didn't come here. He, went, he didn't just fit into the social norm, man, he's breaking all of them. He's breaking all of them. So what happens is is that he's giving away all his possessions and I think the thing that we don't need to miss here is that you know, we can have all this stuff minus Jesus is not worth, I would rather have Jesus and nothing. That's what I would rather have. Jesus and nothing is better than everything minus him. Everything minus, I don't want that. That's what he's saying. Zacchaeus gives it all away, all away in that one moment. And Jesus said to him, he said today salvation has come into this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Man, that guy who everybody else was calling sinners, he wraps it up. Jesus wraps it up. He comes back around and he says, "You know what? I came for that sinner. I came for that person, that man. I'm coming to seek and save the lost." That's who he's coming for. Man, that is such an awesome news for us as Christians that man, we don't have to have it all together. You might be sitting in here tonight thinking, you know what, man, like I've gone to church all of, all of my life trying to live in the, just in the right way. I'm trying to make sure that I don't mess up, trying to make sure that I'm there every single Sunday and that we're missing the actual best part of Christianity is that we get to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what he's saying is that, man, I'm giving away all of it so then I can have a relationship with Jesus. I give it all away because I'd rather have Jesus than all the things of the world. Jesus is better. He's better than the things of this world. He's so much better than anything that we can try to accumulate. And man, some of y'all might be sitting back thinking, you know, that sounds good, but man, what am I actually supposed to do? Like, man, like, 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 if that's all true, like, what's the next step? If it is true that, man, Jesus is better, what's the next step? Man, I'm telling you the best thing about Christianity, we get to walk with Jesus. I love the verse in the Bible when it talks about, you know, it, it talks about we need to shine our light. We're a city on a hill, and as Jesus is saying the story, He's talking to these people, and these people, again, they're not, they're not the prime citizens, man. These are the people that no one else would pick. These are the people that they're rough, man. They're rough. They're the people probably blue-collar, man. They've been working all day, and Jesus is just preaching, man. He's dropping bombs all over the place. He says, man, people are coming from all over to hear this guy preach. And, man, at this time, he's saying, you are the light of the world. These people that no one else would have picked. He's saying, you are the light of the world. You follow Alabama, Wiregrass Area. You are the light of the world. And that, man, if we're really going to change this world for Jesus, it's going to take every single one of us. Because you know what? We're all on the same team. So many times we like to pick apart what are the little bitty things. Don't get caught up in the details. God's going to worry about the big plan. All we have to worry about is just being faithful day to day. Day to day. So, man, y'all can come on back up here. Like I said, I love these two stories because it gives us a clear picture of what this Bible says is that you don't have to be qualified. You don't have to go through all these classes before you follow Jesus. Tonight in this very building where they make a lot of peanuts, <laughs> you can come to follow Jesus tonight. And I'm not going to sit here and promise you that it's going to be easier. It's probably going to be harder because now you're, now you're a risk. The devil sees you now. The devil sometimes sees our potential as Christians better than we do. Man. He sees our potential better than we do. He sees what you could do for the kingdom. And that's why he's so scared. Because now that you've heard this good news, now that the gospel has been laid out for you, that it can, it can happen tonight. Man, now you're a threat. So you know what? There's gonna be some things the devil's gonna throw your way. But you know, when you make a decision to follow Jesus tonight, or to get back on the path, you say, you know what, Jesus, I got some things in my heart that I'm ready to turn around. Jesus, I'm ready to have you. I don't want, I don't want this world anymore. Because Jesus is better. Because now you're, like I said, now you're a threat. But Jesus is so good. And Jesus, as he's going through his ministry, he's hyping up this thing called the Holy Spirit. And once we determine that we're going to follow Jesus, once we make that decision, everything changes because the Holy Spirit is with us everywhere that we go. And so every time that we seem to get presented with, a, with an obstacle or something comes up, man, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, man, he's the one who's fighting those battles. We can take a step back out of the spotlight and let Jesus' light shine through us because all we are are broken vessels. Jesus' this perfect light is just shining through us onto a perfect Savior. Because I run into people all the time and they're, they're, they're like, man, you know, Chase, like, man, I'm loving this college thing. Man, like, I love going out. Man, I have so many girlfriends. I go to the bar every single night. Man, he's talking about all these things that they do. And if I could just tell him, look, Jesus is so much better because you're going to run out of those things one day. You're going to run out. It's not going to be there. There goes that sound again. <laughs> Jesus is so much better, man. If I could just, just, it seems like, you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, look, you think you have everything that you need. But man, what happens after all this? Because the thing is, is every time that I I run into people and they're like, you know, I I got all this stuff. I got all this stuff. Man, when people actually encounter Jesus and actually determine to follow Jesus, man, there's no way I can go back. There's gonna be some things in my life that might get thrown in my way, but there's no way I'm gonna go back because I know that Jesus is so much better than what I've been going through, that what I'm going to, I, he's, that he's so, so much better that, man, I don't want this world. That might be where might be where we need to get tonight. That what's going on on Fox Ridge Roads right now, what's going on on Frost Marlowe, what's going on all, all out there, what's going on at the hilltop, man, If we were to get past some of those things and know that Jesus is so much better than those things, man, we would see people that we would think, man, there's no way they're gonna come to know Jesus. Man, like Chase, I've been really praying for my friend, man, I've been really trying to invite him to, I've been trying to invite him to come to church and man, there's no way, there's no way he's gonna come. But man, once we say, you know what, Jesus, I'm praying for my friend. Jesus, I want you to work in only ways that you can. And all of a sudden, someone like Jesus He's going to come into their life and all of a sudden he turns a regular moment into a revival moment. Revival like we're sitting in right now. He turns a revival moment into someone getting saved. He comes over to this guy's house. He invites himself over. That's the first biblical uh, example we have of somebody inviting themselves over for dinner. So he invites himself over. And Jesus can work in those little ways that we think are just regular. He can turn those into a revival. Tonight you might have think you just walked in here. And man, maybe something will happen maybe something will happen. I'm just going to sit in my chair and maybe something will happen. But the thing is, is that something is happening in your heart right now and God is calling you to do something so much bigger than what you have planned for yourself. I learned that out so quickly when I got to college. I thought I had everything in, and everything was going to happen just the way that I wanted. And all of a sudden, God wrecked those things and he said, you know what? My, Jesus is so much better than those things. Man, there's, the only reason that I'm up here is that Jesus is so much better than the route that I was taking the route that I was going down, man, I was in a fraternity, man, we were doing all these things that weren't Jesus. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna sell my life out to Jesus and see what happens. All of a sudden in Reeves Peanut, on January 19th at seven o'clock, we've got more people than we can see because of Jesus, not because of what Chase did. All Chase did was make a decision and saw that his life was so much better than it was whenever it wasn't with Jesus. So tonight, we've got a question for ourselves. Man, where are we getting our satisfaction from? Because I tell you what, if it's not Jesus, Jesus is so much better. He's so much better. Sometimes we go through this world, I tell the story a lot that, you know, we're, we're, we're praying for our friends, or maybe we're, uh, we're at stuff like this, or we're in church, and, you know, we're, we're trying really hard, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in here, and sometimes we get kind of like, man, I can't wait to get out of you, Father. I can't wait to get out of wherever God's called me. That's what happens is that we we don't recognize that God's actually called us to be exactly where we are. I don't want to miss my moment. So sometimes what happens is is I tell the story about, I don't watch very many scary movies. But when I do, I know that lots of them have the very same script. There's usually this really basic white girl and she's at this party. What happens is, is that she's up there and she's up. You know, they're all having a good time. There's people everywhere and all of a sudden she's up. She's just sitting there you know, out in the forest, outside of the house, there's been 17 people killed in two weeks and everybody's having a good time inside. But then all of a sudden, she gets this thing, you don't know what's coming? I wanna go outside. <laughs> so all of a sudden, she walks outside and you see these people headed, you see this girl headed to the forest where you know people have been killed. And you hear people in the theater saying, don't go out there girl, don't go out there. They're screaming like they can change the script. They're screaming at the, they're screaming at the screen. Sometimes I wonder, is that how heaven's looking at us? That man, God has put you in follow God has put you in the Wiregrass area for a reason. He's put you at Troy University for a reason. Man, what if we were to stop complaining and just look at what God could do if we were to solely commit our lives to him? Because he's put you where he needs you. And we can't do this without you. you. We need you. We need you. So tonight... I don't know what you're going through. I don't, again, I don't know everyone's story, but I do know that Jesus is better than anything you're going through. Doesn't matter what the situation's like back at home, how tough school is, how many friends you don't have, Paul's saying, I don't even want any of that because my Jesus, he's so much better. He's so much better. So tonight, I just want to pray over y'all. So if you'll close your eyes and bow your heads. Tonight, if you're ready to make a decision for Jesus, if you would just slip up your hands when I count to three, you can keep playing. <laughs> God, I just, thank you so much for this moment. God, I just pray for these decisions these people are about to make. When I say three, one, two, three. Jesus, thank you. God, thank you so much for this light, this not tonight, God. God, I just pray that God, that what shouldn't happen by world's terms, God, I pray that tonight those people who made a decision to follow you with all of their hearts, God, that we can actually chip away those things that aren't you, God, because someone like Paul in the Bible, when he writes this, he's saying that everything in this world, it doesn't matter, I'm ready to toss it away because Jesus is so much better. God, these people who are deciding to follow Jesus, God, I pray that they will Turn away from those sins, God, but not only will they turn away, God, they'll give them to you. Because the thing is, we can run through this life trying to get away from our sin, God, but the thing is, if we don't insert Jesus, nothing's going to change. God, I pray that tonight, God, there's still a chance. It's never too late. God, I pray that people will follow you with everything that they have. God, people will red- rededicate their lives to you. God, I just pray that they will be bold enough to take this decision, God, and to take it seriously. In your name, amen. Before I get before I end, I love to tell this story because I know God put something in my life for a reason. Past two summers for me have been something totally unexpected. And where I'm going with this is that, man, it's never too late to follow Jesus. You might have just not slid up your hand. You might have said, you know what, I'm just going to wait for a second. But it's never too late. Because... Two summers ago, I got a call from my mom. I just got down to a church that I was working at down in Tallahassee. And I got a call from my mom and I was like, hey mom, I'm about to go on stage and emcee this little church camp thing. And she was like, hey, I got some bad news. I was like, man, like nothing, like it, it almost hits you harder before you hear the news. Just, I got some bad news. My mom tells me that, man, my friend Travis, that I took home every single day after school, that he had killed somebody right here in this town he killed somebody. And man, I just got floorboarded. I was just like, man, like, dude, I took this guy to church. I didn't know what else to do. I thought I was being a good Christian. But when I really started to think about it, man, I didn't do my part. I didn't step out and say, you know what, Travis, Jesus loves you so much. And Jesus is so much better than anything that you're going through. What if I would have took that step? What if I'd have gone out there and said, you know what, this might have been awkward. But man, Travis, Jesus loves you so much. That might have changed his life. But the thing is, is that it's not too late. Last year, I mean, this this last summer, I got a call from my mom again. Actually, I saw this one on Facebook. Had a really good other friend that I took home every single day after soccer practice. Man, Jalen Lawson was one of my best friends. He was the only person to go D1 in my whole class. This dude was a stud. He was so good at anything that he did. Anything he picked up, he was so good. So good, he was off the wall good. And man, at the end of the day, he was a good guy. I know he was a follower of Jesus. And he was going to a track meet with his girlfriend. And whenever they got to the track meet, he, he was a freshman freshman in college, maybe a sophomore. And when he got to that track meet, he came in second in the whole region. This dude was a stud. I thought, man, God's taking him big places. He's taking him, man, to things I can't even imagine. And I'm starting to read on Facebook, and all of a sudden I see Rip, Rip, Rip Blueprint. That's what his nickname was, Rip Blueprint. Rip Blueprint. It's like man, this can't happen. Not again. God, not again. Not not this summer. Like please just wait. Like man, like these summers are getting worse. Like dude, this guy I love so much. And I had to go to a funeral of one of my best friends. One of the first days I got back from college this past summer. So I made a decision that day that I'm not just going to assume that people know Jesus. I'm going to take that step out and do things like this that might seem crazy. I we're going to do a ministry on the university that has one of the highest STD pu- uh, aver- uh, pu- percentages. There's that's the word percentages in the whole state. Troy, when I got there was like when I got there, I'm not sure about now. Was known as the STD capital of the world. But man, when we think about man, God is putting us in a place for a reason. All of a sudden, we have things like this. I'm never going to miss my moment. I'm going If God opens up a door, I'm going to take it, even if I look stupid. Because I know that if the Holy Spirit's in me, I'm ready to go. Man, because there's people outside of these walls that don't know Jesus. This isn't the end of it, man. This is just the beginning. If we're truly following Jesus, man, there shouldn't be anything that's holding us back. We're not worried about what people think about us because everything comes from Jesus. All of my satisfaction because he's so much better. He's so much better. Man, y'all get me so excited just being up here. I love y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for coming. But tonight's not over. This isn't the end of the road. This is just the beginning. It's a big world out there. It's a lot of people who don't know Jesus. Man, so we could get in here and we can all be on the same team and huddle together and talk about Jesus and then forget the one thing that Jesus says as he's talking to these people on this hillside. He says, you're the light of the world. He's complimenting, he's saying, yes, you've got a lot of things going for you. But then he says, don't forget to shine. And I take that to heart because sometimes we see how much we can know about Jesus that we forget the very simple thing that he's telling us to do, which is shine the light of the gospel. Shine the light that Jesus is so good that, man, I want to invite him to things. I want to invite my friends to things like this. He's so good that, man, all of a sudden that class that I hated, the people that were around me that I hated, now all of a sudden I see that as an opportunity. I see that, man, if Jesus is with me, man, a revival moment can happen. It's so awesome. Once you start to follow Jesus with everything that you have, your world completely changes. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.